Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Today, I want to encourage you to do something today. And the title of my message actually gives us a hint on what this is. The title of my message is called Courageous Conversations. Courageous conversation. You know, it takes courage to have some conversations. It takes a little courage, a little bravery, a little boldness to have some conversations in some settings. But, uh, you know, I believe the Lord wants to encourage us this morning to have some courageous conversations. Uh, Ronald Reagan said this. He said, evil is powerless when the good are unafraid. Isn't that interesting? Evil is powerless when the good are unafraid. Uh, my goal again today is to encourage you in the name of Jesus, uh, you know, uh, and, and to hope that today when we're finished, that uh, you can realize that God is the one that will be encouraging you this coming week and in these coming weeks ahead to have some bold and courageous conversations. Can you imagine what it would be like to go out on the football field? You know, and not really have made up your mind which team you're going to play for? Come on now. I mean, you, uh, okay, and you're one of the players, and you're critical to one of the teams, but you don't, you're not really sure. I mean, you play for this one a little while, you play for that one a little while. I mean, you know, somebody throws you a ball and you say, oh, really, I don't want to offend the other team, so I'm not going to, you know, run with that ball, you know, or, or maybe what I'll do is I won't impress the other team, so I'll run toward their goal with it. Wouldn't that be confusing? I mean, everybody on the, on the, on the whole team would be confusing. In fact, it would confuse God. I think that's one of the reasons why God said in the book of Revelation, I would rather you be hot or cold. I think that's why in, in, in the Old Testament, Joshua said, Don't choose today who you're going to serve. If you want to serve Baal, you know what Elijah said before he called fire down out of heaven? If you want to serve Baal, serve him. Get in the game. If you want to serve Jehovah, serve him. Come on, decide what team you're on. Hey, this is some good preaching. Huh? Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to be mean or anything. It doesn't mean that, you know, uh, but it does mean that there are some games in life. Now, I, I particularly don't really care about, sorry, football. I just don't. So I don't get on the field. I don't even get on the TV. But I guarantee you, whenever I go to somebody else's house and they're on the TV and, you know, the, the football's on and, 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 and I can tell you who's for which team because they're speaking up. They're having some courageous conversations. They're having some, you know, very strong opinions. They're giving voice to what they want and what they believe. And you don't have to wonder about where they stand on which one they are hoping wins. Well, you know, that seems to be fair in sports in most ways because these, these people, well, you know, they'll, you know, uh, they'll leave friends without respect to who won. But when you step out of that into the game called America 
or into the game called church, it seems as though that these courageous conversations carry a little greater penalty with them. But evil is powerless when good is unafraid. And by the way, before we get to our scripture today, we're going to be uh, going in just uh, a, a little bit uh, to uh, the book of uh, um, Matthew. Um, but uh, let me wish you Happy New Year. Shana Tova is the Hebrew for basically the head of the year. It's, a, it's, it's New Year on Friday night, Friday night. Until, uh, until Sunday night is the new year. It's a two-day celebration, uh, and, and it's on God's calendar, and it's right out of the Bible. It's the biblical new year, the Bible new year. I mean, we are in the new year, but not only is this the new year, this is, uh, in the, this is uh, uh, the day on which the rabbis teach that God created the heavens and the earth. This is the day. This, I mean, uh, you know, and, and, he, and, and he called it, you know, the first day. Uh, Friday night at sundown, and right now we are in the Feast of Trumpets. You remember the Bible talking about the trumpets and sounds, and, you know, we are in that Feast of Trumpets. Isn't that great? Isn't that exciting? <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about it. According to the Old Testament as well, uh, you know, uh, 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 next Sunday on the 27th is the Day of Atonement. Wow. We are in a very special season of the year. A very special time that holds such promise. And I also believe it's the time of the year when Jesus will come back. Of course, his return is imminent, so nothing has to happen. He can come at any moment. He doesn't need to, 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 to fit the calendar because there's a lot of other things that can fit there. But I'm just generally imagining that this is the season when he, when, when he came to begin with, that he's going to come again. I'm just excited, and I'm looking for him to come maybe tonight before sundown because we're still in that Rosh Hashanah, you know. And, and if not, maybe, maybe, maybe in, during the 10 days of all, or maybe, you know, uh, the, the, those 10 days that God, you know, uh, 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 gave the Israelites to repent, you know, before he sealed their fate on the Day of Atonement. Oh, I'm are, are you excited? Oh, Jesus, come. Come right now, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Okay, I'll go ahead and preach then. But we should be praying for Jesus to come. And if you've been looking outside, uh, you know, the four walls of your house, you, you, you're probably ready for him to come. Uh, uh, on August the 3rd, just over a month ago, uh, this article appeared in Israel Today. Look at the headlines of this article. Uh, th 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 this article says, Israeli rabbi says he's already holding meetings with Messiah. Isn't that interesting? I don't know how many of you read that article, but that is very interesting. You know, you can find it, by the way, at a website. You can find it on my notes or you can find it, uh, you know, whatever. But, uh, but, uh, but this rabbi, his name is uh, Chaim uh, Kenevsky. And uh, Rabbi Chaim Kenevsky, he, uh, he believes that he is holding meetings with the Messiah. Well, I believe he is holding meetings with someone who may end up being the Antichrist. Okay, uh, and, and, and listen, he is one of the top three rabbis in all of Israel. He's not, he, he's not some, you know, um, Johnny come lately. Jesus had something to say about this, by the way, in Matthew chapter 24. 
while Jesus was being asked by his disciples on the Mount of Olives, uh, when is the end of the age and when are you setting up your kingdom and what's going to happen? You know what Jesus said. You know, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. And, and Jesus went through this discourse. And, and going through this discourse, Jesus said this in Matthew 24 and verse 23. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, do not believe it. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. So I'm guessing you realize I don't believe that he's holding meetings with Messiah. Um, uh, verse 27, for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. And then if we skip down to verse 44, therefore, Jesus said, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. You know, this message scares a lot of people. That Jesus is coming as a thief in the night. He's coming when you don't expect. You better be ready. I mean, there'll be two, you know, in the field and one will be taken and one will be left. And be, I mean, this, this kind of thing can scare people. Me saying a moment ago that Jesus is coming and, and might come before sundown. Listen, I'm hoping he will. I'm praying he will. And I have reason to think he might. Does that scare anybody? The Jesus, and if he does not come right now, I am believing. I mean, I believe. I don't just, I mean, I really believe that he will come before next September. I mean, he's going to show. I'm expecting the trumpet of God at any moment. I mean, I, 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 I got up two days ago thinking today Jesus is coming. And all day long I told myself, oh, oh, I'm excited. I mean, you know, uh, the, but this message scares some people. But it's not meant to scare us. This message is meant to excite us. This message is not, you know, a threat. The coming of the Lord is not a threat. It's a promise. It's meant to excite us. It's meant to invigorate us. It is meant to, to heighten that sense of spiritual, you know, sensitivity. That, that Think about it. Can you imagine it? Do you think about it? Will you think about it? We're supposed to think about it. We're supposed to pray for it. And, and that heightened sensitivity to the spiritual things that are going on around us. This is what this kind of thing is supposed to do. It's supposed to make the church, the family of God, excited that Jesus is about to come come. Woo. Man, come on now. <laughs> we are right on the edge of something wonderful, you know. I mean, whether, whether Jesus comes or not, we are still on the edge of something wonderful because, you know, God's not going to leave us in hell. Okay. When things get bad, God gets good. And they get real bad, he gets mighty good. And then he will do a miracle to straighten it out. I'm excited either way. Woo! I'm excited and we win. This is no time to get, you know, to get down. It's no time to get depressed. You know, back whenever I first got uh, married to Brenda, I would, I, I, you know, we would be, you know, we, we would show up one day and have no money or something, you know, or the car would break. And she'd get all depressed and I'd say, listen, I've told her this, you know, for 40, we're in our 48th year I've been telling her this. When trouble happens, when you're in trouble, this is no time to get down. Whenever things get real good, if you want to be down, I'll give you a week. You can be depressed all week. But right now, we need the attention on the problem. We have got to take care of this. This is no time to get depressed, no time to sit down, no time to quit. This is, and this is one of those moments. This is no time to sit down, no time to quit, no time to withdraw. Let me tell you, whenever things get tough, it's time to get up and get tougher. 
Well, earlier in this discourse, Jesus said something that is really worth mentioning uh, this morning in light of all the current trouble in our streets. With our upcoming presidential election, my goodness, whew, Lord Jesus, come or help us somehow, Lord. The process of confirming the next Supreme Court justice, y'all realize we just got something else to argue about. You just got something else to sit in front of the TV and scream people about. <laughs> the targeting and the shootings of our law enforcement officers. You hear about that family? I mean, come on. People pull up outside. Two policemen, they pull up outside their house. They got a baby in their house and people shooting into their house and then taking off in a van. What in the world is going on here? You know, the political divisions, the racial tensions, the school closures, COVID-19, China, Russia. My. And there's another tropical storm. <laughs> and this one had to be named after one of the Greek, uh, Beta. Beta? I guess we're trying it to see if it works. <laughs> That's old school for some of you. When Jesus was talking to the disciples about the end of the age, listen to what he said in, in, in chapter 24, verse 13. He said, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Oh, yeah, Jesus, that's all I need. Just tell me, put up with it. Endure. He who endures to the end will be saved. Just endure. That's, that's, that's what you think when you read this. But, you know, that's not what it means. It's not. But a, but a cursory reading of this, without an understanding of it, would take us in a wrong direction. You know, I, I would want, if I believed that, I'd want to say, Jesus, is there anybody else up there I could talk to? You know? But... In studying what he weren't, what, what do you mean? In taking a closer word, a, a, a closer look at what this word endure means. Because it was translated from a Greek language into an English language. And we don't always have all the words it takes to, in, in, in order to, to uh, convey the proper intent and meaning. That's why we have to interpret Scripture with Scripture and look throughout the rest of the Word of God to see where similar things were said because God is only painting one picture and He never paints a picture of us just putting up with anything. Okay? Endure, He said. Well... If I can paraphrase the meaning of this word endure as it is intended to be understood in this scripture, let me paraphrase it if I might. This is not a direct translation, but it's a paraphrase here, okay? Endure means don't back up, don't back down, be brave, be courageous, and calmly but firmly stand your ground while holding fast. To your faith in Jesus. That's what it means. I'm going to say that again. That's what this word means, okay? I've studied it up one side and down the other in the Greek, and I've looked at it. This is what, uh, let, let me properly tell you in, in, in a prayer paraphrase what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, but he who does not back up, does not back down, but is brave and courageous and calmly but firmly stands their ground while holding on to the faith they have in Jesus will be saved. 
it'll, it'll change. Sozo will be made completely whole. We'll get it fixed. It will work. There's another place in the Bible where this verb endure is changed to a noun, endurance. It's in Hebrews, the 10th chapter. This Greek word that's derived from the same root word, but it's the noun version. Endure, you know, it's something you need to do, okay? You don't back up, you don't back down, you stand your ground. In order to endure, you need endurance. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 35, says this, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. Okay, you, you, you got that hole right there just for a moment. You have need of endurance. You have need of the ability to act. You have need of the ability to not back up, not back down, stand your ground, hold fast to the faith you have in Jesus in trying and troubling situations. Jesus is talking about the end of the world. He's talking about pestilence. He's talking about, you know, wars and rumors of wars. He's talking about all the problems. And he says, well, what you need is in the ability to endure all of these things and hold on because you're going to be saved. It's going to work. It's meant to be an encouragement. You need strength to be brave and take courage and calmly but firmly stand your ground. Uh, listen, you're going to need this, the writer of Hebrews says. We, we, we connect these two concepts together out of Matthew 24 and out of, out, of, out of Hebrews 10 because they're speaking about the same thing. They're speaking about the end of the age. Both of them are speaking about the coming of the Lord. Both of them are pointing at the, at, at, at the fact that in the last days there's going to be trouble and that we need endurance. We need the ability to hold on and to stand firm and not back up and not back down from what we believe. We need to make sure that we do not, as, as, as Hebrews 10.35, read it again, therefore do not cast away. Don't throw away. Don't put down. Don't cast off. Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Let me tell you what this word confidence means. It, 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 it's written boldness in the King James Version, but let me tell you what this word means. I, I copy this. It's the Greek word parousia, and I didn't know whether or not it would be real easy for you to just believe what I said or hear what I said, so I just went ahead and copied it out of the online Bible Greek English lexicon. This is what the word confidence, you, you know, you, you, you have, you know, need of confidence, okay? Do not cast away your confidence. It means, parousia means freedom in speaking unreservedness in speech. It means the ability to, to say what you think. Freedom. To, to let go of the fear of speaking up. It means to speak. It's all about speaking. Do not cast away your confidence in these last days. In troubled times, at the coming of the end of the age, do not cast away your confidence, your parousia. Don't cast away. It's all to do with speech, the freedom to speak. Don't cast away your freedom of speech. Your openness, open, to speak openly, to speak frankly, to speak without concealment. 
not trying to hide, not being, well, you know, it'll, it'll say it in a minute, minute, without ambiguity or circumlocution, without going in circles. <laughs> Have you ever heard a, a politician answer a question without a little circumlocution? They can talk all day and say nothing. Now, I got a bunch of preacher friends the same way. Talk all day, and when you leave them, you're not sure what the point was. Do not cast away your parousia, your, 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 your freedom in speaking unreservedly, your openness, your frankness. Your, don't try to conceal what you're, what, what you're needing other people to hear. Uh, speak without ambiguity, without speaking in circles, uh, without the use of figures or comparisons. Come on, just cut to the point. What are you trying to say? Are you for them or are you against them? Tell me. It's pretty good stuff. Y'all having a good time yet? Don't you turn me off. Yeah, you can get up and get some coffee, but then you come right back. It means free and fearless confidence, cheerful courage, boldness, assurance. It means, listen to this, uh, the deportment. This is what this word means in the Greek. The deportment by which one becomes conspicuous or secures publicity. What is he talking about? He's talking about don't cast away your conspicuous public speaking. It's, these, you don't just need to be locked up in your home telling your spouse or your children or your parents what you think. You need to go public. Amen. You need to go public Amen. with Jesus Christ. <laughs> Now, don't just go public with your opinions. We get enough of that on Facebook. We get enough of that on social media. And it's just a bunch of garbage. But do you know that in these last days, people are confused? They don't need to be confused where you stand on Jesus Christ. They don't need to be confused where you stand on who the answer is, on what the answer is. You need to speak up. You need to speak loud. You need to be open. You need to be frank. Do not cast away your all outspokenness because you have need of endurance. Wow. He's informing us that we should speak boldly the unquestionable truths that we hold dear without ambiguity, without confusing other people. Hebrews 10. Let's, let's finish reading this part uh, just, just because the Holy Spirit says it so much better than I do. You know, he's encouraging us in our classrooms, on our job sites, publicly, in our town halls, on Facebook, social media. Here, the Holy Spirit is encouraging us to come on, stand for something. Stand for something. Hebrews 10, verse 35, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and he will not tarry. Praise God, come Lord Jesus. Now the just shall live by faith. Somewhere here, you're going to have to take a step out in faith. Somewhere here, you're going to have to take a step. 
of faith. But if anyone draws back, this is something you could be concerned about. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Listen, don't become a coward. Don't, you know, back up. Don't back down. Be bold, courageous, be kind. But be firm. But stand your ground where Jesus Christ is concerned, where his word is concerned, where right and wrong are concerned, stand your ground, speak up, and speak up publicly. This is not a day for people around you to be confused. Someone needs the clear sound of a voice. You would be surprised how much it encourages other people when someone stands up and says, this is right. And this is wrong. All of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. Other people, they've been afraid to say that. They say, yeah, you're right. Because, listen, you know, most everybody feels the same way. And those that don't need to get delivered from the devil. We'll talk about that in a moment. Okay. He goes on. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Verse 39. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition. But of those who believe, this concept of believing is, is, is the opposite of belying. Believe means to be what you live, to live what you be. Come on, live who you are. Be who you are. Be live. Be live. Believe. Don't belie. Believe. When somebody asks you a question, give them a straight, honest answer. Stop being afraid. Evil is powerless. If the good are unafraid. That's all he's asking us. To be bold and courageous. Not be afraid. But of those who believe to the saving of the soul. You know, we have need of endurance. Those who endure to the end will be saved. That's what he's talking about. Those who don't back up, don't back down, but hold on to the faith. In fact, if we were to read, read out of chapter 10. That's the last verse in chapter 10. Okay. The next verse. And these weren't written in chapters and verses. This was written as a letter. The next thought is a connected thought to what has just been said. You have need of confidence to speak up. You need to be bold. That's what he's saying. Don't draw back unto perdition, but continue believing. Continue going forward. And then the next verse says, now Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And then we begin what we call the faith chapter, but it's all connected to us having confidence to at least do something. Because faith is not just what you have. Faith is about how you live. That's why he talks about Rahab, what she did because of what she believed. That's why the faith chapter talks about Noah, what he did because of what he believed. Do you know Noah probably endured a lot? of public persecution, but he did not build that boat in his garage. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is coming and men need to submit their lives to him and be born again. We need to hate the very garments that are stained with sin and pull them out of the fires of hell by telling them that Jesus Christ is the answer, not only for America, but for their family and for the confusion of this world. And if we, the church of the living God, will stand together, our voice is louder than any other voice in the world. There are more Christians in 
the world than any other group. We represent 30.2% of the population of the world. There's no reason why we cannot make a collective voice. But some sit silent for fear that they might be persecuted. But all who live God in Christ Jesus will suffer a little persecution. Listen, it is important that we realize Matthew 24, 14, Jesus said about the end, of, the end of the age, and this gospel shall be preached into all the world for a witness to all nations, and then the end shall come. The end cannot come until the church stands up strong enough for its voice to be heard around the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The end cannot come until the church stands and gives voice, unconfused, non, not ambiguous, but to stand up and say, this is right, this is wrong, this is the word, this is the truth, this is a lie. Don't be afraid to judge by the truth of God's word. His word judges. That's what Jesus says. I, I judge no man, but there is one that judges. The Word judges. Well, I'm excited. I guess you can see. Three things I want you to do, okay? Now, don't misunderstand me. And don't go running off in the wrong direction. Number one, we must. God is saying that we must. We must discover and confirm the truth that we are willing to support. This week, I want you to discover the truth. Confirm what you believe and what you are willing to support. You know, confidence comes from knowing and from trusting what you know. Now, how do you do this? You need to find some time when you can actually open the Bible and get with God in prayer. You and God, get with God in prayer. You don't have to believe anything I say or anything anybody else says. This is my challenge to you. It's my challenge to you and my challenge to every born-again believer and every lost person in the whole world. Just open up the Bible and sit there and ask God to help me understand the truth. What is the truth about this? And then you let God guide you. And it may take a little while. It may be a process. But this week, we need, our nation needs, our families need for us to discover and confirm the truth that we are willing to support. Yes, Going much farther without giving voice to the truth is just going to lead other people to believe there's not a truth. And you will find peace when you find the will of God. You won't find frustration. You won't find, you know, aggravation. You're not going to find judgmentalism. You're not going to find, you know, a criticism. You'll find peace whenever you find the will of God. You might still end up believing the same thing, but you'll believe it from the heart of peace because God is the God of peace. Discover and confirm the truth that you are willing to support. Number two, pray for America. During these next six weeks, we need to pray for America more than we ever have before. Pray for America and pray against the demons that are stirring the pot. There are demons out here stirring the pot. If we bind the devil in prayer, much of the darkness will clear up. Not all of it, but a lot of it will. And God will hear our prayers and God will answer our prayers. Number three, this is going to be the hardest thing for you, but over the next six weeks at least, you need to boldly and confidently share the truth you have found with others. 
boldly and confidently, in public and in private, boldly and confidently, go ahead and share the truth. Just go ahead. Now, you, you can do this with cheerfulness. You can do this without hatred, without malice, and without slander. But you need to begin. I, I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, share the truth that you have found publicly and privately, on social media. Be more for what you are for than what you're against. Do not name call. Don't point fingers except you're pointing to Jesus Christ and pointing to the truth. Point to the truth. Don't point out all the lies. Point out all the truth. Let's have a different voice. I don't respect those that are just cutting other people down. I don't respect those that, that are more for what they're against than what they're for. Somewhere we have to be for something. Find out the truth and let's point to the truth boldly. Let's without fear and with calm assurance, knowing that the just lives by the faith they have in Jesus Christ, that he's going to take care of them, even when everybody else believes that you shouldn't be building a boat, that you're crazy, that you're a nut, that you should listen. Just boldly and confidently with cheerfulness and joy, share the truth. Faith is something we have, but it's also something we live. Do you trust that God's going to take care of this? Maybe that's where you're failing. Maybe that's where you're being disheartened. Maybe you really you know, think this is bigger than God or that God, or, or, or that somehow we're going to have to, you know, wake God up or encourage him. He's asleep or he's off. No, listen, he's not. He's in the middle of this. And what he needs is for us to be in the middle of it. But he needs for us to be in the middle of it with a voice that is not just slanderous, that is not just, just angry and aggravated and frustrated. He needs us to be in a voice, you know, of, of his truth. Okay? All right. <laughs> if we will do this, God, in fact, let me tell you, God's going to turn the tide whether you do it or not because enough people are going to do it. But wouldn't you like to participate in the parade? Wouldn't you like to be on the team that wins instead of just mumbling around out there on the field running in circles, you know? Wouldn't you actually like to be one that boldly and proudly wears the ring knowing that you contributed to the victory because God's going to win? Good news, God wins. And I'm going to be on the, and I, I want everybody to know I'm on his team. Okay? All right. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.